Welcome again, everybody, to the Tag Your It podcast. I am Ray Ray. And I'm Travis. Yes, that is not Dave. It doesn't look like Dave. Might be a little bit taller than Dave. Awesome. But, you know, we love Dave. And uh, Dave is just, uh, he's on, he's got some papers to write. Um, You know, we've got a paper that we've been working with Dave with for the end of the month um, as we go to Chicago to the International Society of Christian Apologetics, and we're going to present a paper on podcasting of all things, right? Yes, exciting, yeah. exciting, exciting. So you've got, we've all got to contribute. He was Mister Statistician of our <laughs> of our paper, and yeah. uh, you know, I was, I guess I'm, I might be a little salt and pepper here and there. And Dave did a really awesome job with it. So we've been writing that, and then Dave's got some other stuff he's presenting. So that's why uh, he is not with us today. He is in a very quiet secluded place in missouri and um it's just very thankful that his church is able to which travis goes to as well so it's uh very i'm sure he's thanking his congregation for the time that he has um to get things done because you know his ministry extends past uh first first baptist buffalo um it, it goes farther than that and that's an awesome thing that god is using him for so dave if you're watching we miss you and but we will have you back soon enough Definitely. So, Travis, thank you again. Um, if you uh, have not been a part of the podcast before, he's debated on our podcast. He is guest spoke on our podcast as well in the past, but he has been a fellow Missouri Baptist Apologetics Network member for how long now? Uh, about a year now, year and a half. About a year. All yeah. right. So, yeah, he's been in the network. So, he's another guy that you can call. He would be more than willing to come to your uh, church to talk about, like, especially like scripture. Um, oh yeah, you're you're well versed. You know, so King James onlyism uh, was the debate. If you want to talk about that at your church, here's a guy with information um, that has studied that, has debated that um, to come out. What are your other sort of specialties that you would be comfortable with? Uh, views of the Bible is is mm-hmm. one of the big things that I deal with uh, in you know understanding not only the false views, but then understanding an orthodox view of scripture and, and how we need to view that as scripture as Christians and under and be able to understand God rightly. Yeah. Uh, and understanding his word, uh, especially, you know, this day and age, there's so many, uh, false approaches to God's word. Um, and, and so that just, uh, detracts from, uh, from a true approach to to God and, and how we understand Him, how we understand His Word, and and how we understand how we're supposed to function as Christian mm. as Christians uh, in light of that. All right. So. Well, yeah. Book them. Book them today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, uh, let's uh, dig into the conversation again tonight. It's been a few weeks, uh, but we did start uh, talking about ear biscuits and Link's the deconstruction of his journey through losing faith. Um, deconverting from christianity whatever way you want to describe it anyway but it's a it's a story uh, we wanted to go through it and it's really interesting um it's something that we i think beat our circle of podcasts to because i know james white on the dividing line had mentioned he heard about it um you know it's, it is something that requires a lot of time to do it the way that we want to do it um but here at tag you're it we like to do that pre-sup what's up idea so that you guys can see 
um, the example in real time almost of how presuppositionalism um, the the ideas the the method uh, works out um, especially w- when we come to this this is a really important thing because whenever we listen to Rhett's story whenever we listen to Link's story they're not much different than pretty much everybody else who has grown up in Christianity and has questioned their faith and left their faith it's usually especially in a, this day and age evolution is going to be well, I, I read that, I saw that, I left. Or, you know, the resurrection stuff. You know, it's, it's going to be the same thing. And, uh, you know, I don't want to be too um, hasty and generalize, um, but this is what I hear a lot, um, you know, behind the chair, talking with people. Um, it's, it's the same stuff. And so why this? These are two um, popular people. I have lots of followers um, just to put it out there. I know a dear friend of mine that followed them and, you know, he's, he's a Christian, he's fought through things, but, you know, hearing these stories made him start questioning and go into um, some dark times and dark places in his, in his thought process to where he was questioning himself too. And this, so this is why it's important that we talk about this because it needs to be talked about when it's not talked about, this is what you get. And this is what we see in their story, don't we? Oh, definitely. And, you know, things, you know, scripture tells us, you know, things need to be brought to light. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, things that are kept in darkness will remain dark. And so if we don't bring things out, we don't discuss them, we don't talk about them, um, we don't shed real light and, and truth and biblical truth on these subjects uh, by taking a presuppos- presuppositional approach um, and, and an apologetic approach, of course. Um, we we really are are not doing uh, our our church uh, fellow brothers and sisters in Christ any kind of favors whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're we're allowing uh, essentially uh, falsities concerning our God, our mm-hmm. our Lord, our Savior to be put out there. And if we don't answer those, uh, we really can't say we're standing in defense of the faith yeah yeah so that's why this is important this is why we're taking the time uh, to do this now there's another video that came out um you know why they don't fear hell pretty much and i still haven't got to that question because they're still talking um in that video but i think that'll probably instead of going to Rhett's story i think we can definitely go there so dave if you're listening next show Right. All right. So <laughs> we'll we'll hit that and continue this uh, precept. What's up? Um, series on what they have brought to the table. Again, it's a great example of what you're going to meet out there. Um, especially Link's story. Rhett gets really technical. Um, what I like about Link is because we're getting that feeling. We're we're getting we're getting him, mm-hmm. which is very important. We need people to be honest about their feelings where they were, where they, what they went through, where they are now. And, you know, that's why I applaud this is because they're very honest. Um, Definitely. And they're yeah, putting it I, out there. I really uh, appreciate that about a link. Uh, as I was listening and, and watching the video, uh, he is, he's, he's real open. He's real honest about where he is at with things. Um, and so that makes it easier to, to actually understand uh, he doesn't seem from from what I've watched and listened to. He doesn't seem to be trying to gloss anything over necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's speaking from where he actually believes things are and and what his feelings are. Yeah. Um, so so that's good. Uh, at least there were were some place where we can work where we're not having to 
try to interpret something that he's not saying. So I yeah. think that's good about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, without further ado, since we do have a lot, uh, again, this is at two times speed for all those listening. It's still really intelligible, but this helps us uh, get through this a lot faster if we do it two times. So we were coming out of his story um, really at the very heart at the end of the last episode. If you guys haven't listened to it yet, please go back and listen to part one. Um, but he's he's coming out of to where it's like he doesn't know the gospel and then he starts talking and it's like he like he was worried about things not clicking but they are clicking but it's not satisfactory to him is what you really come to find out in in this story he 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 knows the gospel and he's been affected by the the gospel he's tasted those things okay and so when you really need to think about the uh the soils and how the gospel goes out and we're seeing that the thorns have grown and they choked them out And that's, you know, that's the classic example of what Jesus taught in scripture. So we'll dig in here. We're kind of leaving that um, and going into uh, more of this conversation. I think that our MO at the time was like, just, we knew what we both felt and what we thought and about what had happened. And, um, you know, I interpret it as a, as a, a, like a physical representation of not only the fact that you love me as a friend, but that God forgave me that, you know, I think it was gospel. I, we tended to think a lot in terms of symbolism, you know, and I, so I don't know how. So, yeah, the one thing that I noticed there uh, that that really caught me is he said it was like God forgave me. What you don't hear him say and what so many people today, uh, brothers and sisters, if you're listening and somebody's telling you repentance is not part of the gospel, you're not getting the gospel. He mm-hmm. doesn't say he repented. He says yeah. he felt bad. Uh, you don't hear anything about repentance there. I think yeah. that is is so key because so many people are arguing today uh, about the gospel. Uh, Mr. Rager that I debated on King James onlyism, yeah. uh, he he declares that the Baptist Faith and Message 2000 is inaccurate because we state in the Baptist Faith and Message that repentance is necessary for salvation. Yeah. He says you don't need repentance; you just need belief. Yeah. Well. Obviously, that's not in line with Scripture. So I think that's one key that can show us that he understands the principle of the gospel. Yeah. Um, but it, he's missing a key point to that. It can't you you can't just feel bad and be saved. You yeah, have yeah, to and repent. it's and it's one of those things like without going into legalism, it's the fact of you know we are saved by grace through faith alone but a faith that is not alone. So the, we're talking about how whenever you come to faith, you will repent and it will be exactly. a descriptive. So it's not prescriptive law, but it's descriptive of the one who has been regenerated by the Holy spirit is one who will see their fault and repent and come to Christ knowing the gospel that there is no condemnation. Exactly. Right. And so if you're in a church, that's not teaching that you haven't taught the gospel and then you have people haven't got the gospel then they're calling themselves christians and they're going on youtube channels saying that they were christian and they left and this is why we are all confused when all we have to do is not solo scriptura but solo scriptura and come together and before we leave actually deal with it that's right how much of that was going through your mind but i think that it really hit home for me i just felt like this is a big deal there's a lot of disappointment here but i'm not you know i'm not god hasn't rejected me i'm already i'm already forgiven um and we walked back to the car we got in we we drove off and yeah, it was just a picture of forgiveness. And I think it was really powerful. And I mean, the thing is we were, we were devoted to God and we were devoted to helping each other stay devoted. You know, it was right. so important to us. And um, we were steeped, we were steeped in the teachings that our church and our 
family gave us and the experiences we had within the church. Um, so then when we went to college and got involved, big thing is i know you you go ahead you you're the one that no go for you know, it anyway it's, it's one of those things did they ever whenever they were questioning things you know they 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 pre they had some presupposed understanding of what their faith was right and it's based on what they were taught in church what their families taught them but did they ever actually go to scripture and deal with it like, hey, wait, you're teaching me this. Because the thing is, whenever you are in Christ, you are responsible. You're responsible for your brothers and sisters. You're, even though you're in submission underneath authorities um, that has been set up in the church, you can still go up to them and be like, that's not right. I have a problem instead of just leaving, right? Exactly. So what did they do? Like the church was important to them seemingly, but then it really wasn't important to them if they're not going to say, I questioned things and I brought it to, to, to where maybe I'm misunderstanding something or they're misunderstanding something and we need to do something, right? Exactly. Well, that's what I like about what, what he says there is, is they were doing some good things, and, and it sounds like anyway, it sounds like they were submitting to their church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like they were submitting to their parents in teaching. Um, was that right teaching? We don't know. Uh, we can't say that it was wrong teaching and, and that's why they're where they're at. It could have been right teaching and they rejected it. Um, so, so we can't, we can't make any further assumption than that. I don't believe. Um, but what, what I noticed is there, he says, you know, uh, they were wanting to hold each other accountable to being Mm -hmm. devoted to God. Um, but as we get further on, we'll find out they don't, I don't think they really understood what devotion to God was because it wasn't based on god yeah i think is what we're going to find out yeah on campus crusade for christ all of a sudden everyone in that group was also devoted to god in the same way everybody wanted the same thing it was it was actually it was exciting because it was so much easier for me to be who i'd lived my entire life aspiring to be somebody completely sold out for jesus you know i think we we and that was when we painted this opportunistic approach to like our involvement in campus crusade that like really served our career and i just you know there was absolutely and i do think we, we talked about it there was a parallel path of like Spiritually and personally, this is this is what this is how we wanted to live our lives. This was this was a perfect scenario for that, you know. It was, it was yeah, we were. There. So right there, his whole point there is this is what I wanted. Yeah. Um, you got the cart before the horse. Yeah. Um, if if he believes that he was seeking God and he was seeking to serve God, um, does he believe that God sought him first? Yeah. And yeah. so it, it sounds, he, he begins to, in this portion of the video, uh, he begins to start allowing us to see that the, the forefront picture and his goal is, is about him. Mm-hmm. It's about what he feels is good. It's also, you notice that he was excited. Why? Because he, was, he had all the other people around him, and so he had a group yeah. uh, that, was, that was wanting to do the same things he was wanting to do. Um, I don't think it's a bad thing for us to be excited and encouraged when we have brothers and sisters coming along us in the Lord. But if that is our motivation, then we're backwards. If, yeah. if the people around us are our motivation to serve God, then then we're not serving God because he is God. We're serving God because we got a group of people that feel like they want to serve too. Yeah. Does that yeah. make sense? Yeah. And I mean, it's just kind of a mass horde mentality, um, you know, and it's going to get into there later where, you know, this was viewed as a profession, mm-hmm. uh, a job. Um, and it's one of those things that, yeah, there is vocation, but vocation is calling from God, not 
what you think. So you might have a feeling that you want to do something, but you don't just go for the gusto on your own. You know, it's like in, in my idea of like, you know, I would like to be a planter or a church replanter or, you know, some sort of thing. And I'm going up to people like, I don't want to tell you what I want to do. What do you see in me? Am I, like I have to go to my community and go, am, am I material for planting a church or replanting a church? Um, I have this ability to teach and I have this drive to teach, but where is it better suited? And I'm not just going to come up with my own. I'm not going to be like, I'm just going to do this for a job because it's all I got. Um, if it's, if it's there for me, it's there for me. If it's not, it's not. And I go, what else? Right. But see the, this is kind of the, the problem really with, parachurch ministries on campus too because they become the church and it's not the church so now he's over to crew here but he's not talking about his church that knows him that has brought him in that he's been taught he's gonna go i went on my own and now i'm in this group of people that are like minds like ages you know it's not it doesn't look like the gospel because it's not multi-generational diverse whatever and he's so now it's the, the sheep gusto. leading the sheep. Yeah. Yeah. And then there needs to be, there's a picture in scripture, how the household of God is supposed to be. Yeah. Exactly. And that unfortunately parachurch ministries, even though they can be helpful and there's a good, good places for that. Um, it's definitely not in the mind of where these guys were in crew. No, that's not the way yeah. that's not what the, what they're used for. There we were there first and foremost to try to, become comedians or have an audience. We didn't, even know, we didn't even know that was an option. It was like, this is what we want. These are the, these are the people that we want to be around. So the, so the things that we weren't doing and the things that we were doing may seem a little odd. Like, I mean, there wasn't any partying ever in like the traditional tropish collegiate sense. Um, there's a lot of group dates going on. You oh, know, yeah. if you're interested in somebody that was like, the, the way to be is as pure as possible about approaching dating. I was really good at organizing those. I could, I could have a, a men's Bible study, take a women's Bible study out for a night on the town. And you know, as long as you're in a group, it's like, you, you nothing, stay, stay out of trouble. Christy and I never kissed until we were engaged to be married. You know, it was, and it was, that was my decision. That's not something that anybody forced on me you know it, that wasn't the actual like the specific teaching of anybody but I, I did not subscribe to that particular <laughs> you know i had interpretation i had come off a relationship in my senior so you never i mean it was his decision and it wasn't forced on him but he's not going to talk about how you know the process of possibly you know instead of going to legalism hey we can sit here and go you know i did not want to do that because yeah i wanted to be like that to me, that was something of a purity issue that I wanted our relationship to be built on more than just affection like that, you know, but it's just going, you know, he's just taking it. No, oh, that's just not what I wanted to do because I needed to look good. And that's what's, that's what definitely comes out. I need to look good for mm-hmm. my position and it caught up with him. And that's whenever he has this existential crisis because he's living in this Here's me whenever I'm doing this over here, but here's what I really want to do. And then you see which one wins. Exactly. Because he actually hasn't reasoned his reasons from a scriptural starting point to go, is this how it's supposed to be? And, and that's it right there. It's is it, we'll continue to see throughout the video uh, or, or here. Um, it's, it's not about, um, it's not about me if I'm a Christian. In Link's case, every aspect of what he viewed as his Christian uh, life is about him. Um, it's 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 not the basis of God hath said. Yeah, and it's, it's also his surroundings. So he's learning by observation. 
mm-hmm. from his desires. And then he's going, but what does the church do? And I understand this church over here does this and this church over here does this. My church does this. My family taught me this, but he's not bringing it back together to the scriptures, to Christ's teachings to go, well, I understand why people think this church over here is wrong on a certain issue. Mm-hmm. And so it does, it's not necessarily about interpretation, which that's usually the go-to cop out. Well, that's your interpretation. Let's deal. Yeah. Let's fight. Let's, let's get to the scriptures. Let's wrestle exactly. instead of just leaving it alone and leaving. Cause this is what you end up with. And, uh, you know, so that, that's the problem is, is because of enlightenment philosophy, we are the ones who reason Things happen out here in the in the objective world or whatever, but you have to interpret it for yourself, right? And there's no revelation coming down to where you start with. This is the recognition, by the way, that Rhett makes um, with presuppositionalism in the next video that I would like to hit, is because you do have to start with God. You do have to start with Him and His revelation, and that's what puts all this other stuff in perspective. And this, you know, if you don't do that, then yeah, you've got a bunch of absurd particulars that you can't make any universals out of. And yeah. that's his problem. Exactly. Year of high school, freshman year of college that I felt like I had made mistakes in not being self-controlled. And, um, I was eat up with guilt associated with that. And I just did not want to screw up my relationship with Christy and because I saw it has so much potential and I, I wanted to please God, you know, and I wanted to do it right. You know how I think there's a, there's a best way to do everything. There's a, there's a perfect execution of, of, of everything. And I'm going to try to, it's safest if I stay within that, you know, especially when it comes to disappointing God or not. Um, so, so yeah, we, it may seem odd to you. Listen to a great handle for us. Again, disappointing God is this whole problem. And it's like, we do need to live to please God. Right. But we're freed. Whenever we're saved, we are freed to please God. Yeah. We are still going to make bad decisions and God's going to allow that for a sanctification. Right. Exactly. But we don't disappoint God anymore. Why? So, he has not come to Christ. He has not come to that idea of it is paid for. It is forgiven. It's not forgiven whenever you ask forgiveness. It's already forgiven. You ask for forgiveness because you realize I did something that put Christ on the cross. He became sin who knew no sin so that we could be, might be the righteousness of God. Exactly. So we go to God, not out of, out of like, Oh, I screwed up. Sorry, God, I disappointed you. It's man. Sin. I messed up, but I know I have an advocate with the father and I can boldly. So like, why does Paul say that we can, we can boldly approach the throne? Because we have an advocate. Yes. Because <laughs> we have yeah. someone who so stood in our yeah. place. So if he knew the true gospel, and like I said, this could be a combination of many variables that, again, the church would be responsible for what it didn't preach and teach and live out and call him to. Or it could have been totally perfect and he's totally taken it wrong. Because remember, yeah. these things are spiritually discerned. You have to have the spirit within you to understand these things. And it's not Gnostic. It's mm-hmm. there for you to read, but you are literally going to try to suppress something if you are not in covenant as a covenant keeper through Christ. Yeah, and you notice as we've already kind of hit, and we haven't used this this language yet, but I'll say I'll say we're beginning to see now as we've looked at some couple of things, we're seeing idols. Is what mm. we're seeing. Uh, we're seeing, you know, uh, himself, his relationship with his friend that that was some sort of an idol for him. Uh, now this relationship with his future wife 
uh, has become a little bit of an idol. He doesn't want to disappoint that. Mm-hmm. Now, he, and, he, and he doesn't want to disappoint God, but kind of what you already uh, already hit on there is is it's all about him and what he's doing. He doesn't he hasn't come to this uh, recognition that it can't be about what he is doing or what yeah. he has done. It has to be about what Christ has done. And so he hasn't he hasn't crossed that that threshold. Yeah. And and so that would be the point where we would say somebody is or is not a Christian. Um, yeah. if Christ is not the one who is uh who has given you righteousness, if you've done anything of your own to earn it, then you're not righteous. Yeah, you're, you're not yeah. a Christian. And I like, you know, I've heard like, you know, God is, um, you know, he is perfection, right? But with us, he is not a perfectionist. Mm-hmm. If he was a perfectionist, then why is Christ dying for us the way he went? Yeah. Why would he want to save? Like he could just, wipe this whole thing out and create a new creation. But there is a reason that he wants us. And so he doesn't demand, like he does say, be holy for I am holy. He does demand perfection, but he also knows that we can't do it. That's why Christ. And that's why we can mess up. And that's the gospel. We can be messy. God still loves us. Yeah. That's why he called Hosea to marry a prostitute to teach him. And if you notice in the in the course of uh, re- repentance, uh, if if we want to even really use that term, um, I'm going to say it's not even repentance; it's shame mm-hmm. um, that that you hear Link talk about. Um, I don't know about you, but but when I have situations in my life that I come to that I go, man, I need, I've got to repent for that. Um, that is not a time of incredible sorrow. That's in a time of incredible joy for me. When God has opened my eyes to something yeah. and, and allowed me to see, hey, you need to put this off. You need to move away from this. Yeah. That's a time for me to praise God as, as I repent for what I've done wrong, but then to praise him for, for showing me his truth and for him paying for that uh, price that I couldn't pay. And, and so that's me. I, I get to praise him for sanctifying me through that. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't think we ever see any of that out of Link as he continues yeah, to talk yeah. here. It's still like, just ask forgiveness, we're done, but it's not satisfying. Why? Well, he's not repenting. Exactly. And that's He's not going to find any satisfaction. So, I, you know, like, I was so calculated. I was like, I'm only going to go out on a date with her once a month. I'm only going to talk once a week. And I want her to, you know, I want her to, I don't want to get in the way of her being devoted to God. And I want God, I want to be devoted to God in her second. And, um, you know, I, I felt for the old me reading back through my journals, but, and I'll read one in a second, but I just want to, I, I want to say that, yeah, I was, I was extreme because of just the way I interacted with the environment and the teaching. Um, but it was thrilling to be like, like, like we said before, it was thrilling to answer a higher calling to connect with God and to go through it with really great friends. It was the most meaning and satisfaction I'd ever experienced in my life, mm-hmm. you know, within that context. But in, as I prepped for this, I did go back and I re- read through my journals and whenever I would journal, um, it was always in the form of prayer. It, I was writing a letter to God because it was hard for me to pray, but if I wrote it down, at least I could concentrate. And I could get my thoughts out. And it, yeah. And that's just, just to put a point there, he was satisfied in the community, which is great. Again, he tasted the heavenly gifts. Mm-hmm. of community of uh thing you know actions and stuff like that but you never hear he's not satisfied with jesus yeah that's what's coming out of his mouth already he's not satisfied with christ yeah and, and this this prayer that he's getting yeah. ready to read is just incredible yeah so uh, let's let's go on to with the with that but that's you know i i hope you guys hear this in his story he's not satisfied with christ when it comes down to those issues where it comes down to 
the issues between him and Jesus, not there. He, he likes the gifts. He likes the externals, but he doesn't like the relationship between savior and servant, which we find out is friend because we know what Christ is doing. Right. Mm-hmm. So. Was at least my side of the conversation with God. You did that too, son, right? Yeah. Um, but I want to read an excerpt from this one journal entry from, it's my junior year. So January 20th, 1999. Okay. So uh, this is what I wrote. Lord, I'm frustrated about us. I just feel guilty that it's not clicking. Like I'm just bad or wrong or lazy or something. I'm tired of feeling pressure and guilt to spend time with you. Lord, I would quit trying altogether if I didn't know how stupid and mindless that would be. To whom shall I go? Which was like my paraphrase of a, uh, a Bible verse. M- meaning, where would I turn if I, if I turned away from God? Um, and it wasn't just that journal entry. Like the, the vast majority of my journal entries uh, over those years, it was, it was actually heartbreaking. <laughs> they were, they were filled. And I'm talking like 80% of anything I would write. It was still with me apologizing for disappointing God. Um, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame, a lot of frustration for not being devoted enough. And I, I didn't, I didn't really appreciate or recall that internal struggle that I was having. I kind of, I kind of forgotten that until I went back and started reading through the journal. And I was a little bit shocked. It's not that I journaled all the time. Yeah. And so, you know, to whom shall I go? That is a big issue. That's the precept. What's up thing. Where are you going to go? Yeah. And what I noticed in there, um, man, you, you, look, if you can't, have some compassion when when yeah. hearing that if your heart doesn't yeah. break a little bit for for his misunderstanding yeah. of who god is um well you need to check your heart because yeah uh, my heart breaks for him a little bit in that but at the same time i can recognize in that he says a few things and he, he says some truths yeah um which which this from this point throughout the rest of the video you begin to see you're going to hear a mixture of some really profound truths and some really profound lies yeah um but what what really strikes me there is is he actually said uh i would give up uh if i didn't realize how mindless that was uh he recognizes man there takes a certain amount of of rationale to recognize truth yeah um and he's he's just missing it he he is his truth is all revolving around how he feels yeah it's all revolving about what what his personal uh feelings are about his personal experience and man how many times do we hear churches and preachers and television evangelists and everybody else talking about feelings and emotions yeah. and how that all drives christianity uh i i wouldn't even be able to guess a percentage no. but i say it's pretty high yeah and how many churches today this is the kind of christianity that they're saying man you ought to feel good if you feel yeah. good you know you're doing the right thing yeah and that's the thing is yeah that this is a psalm mm-hmm. did he go to psalms and listen to david yeah. And where did David go though? That's that's the thing. Is David could start off a psalm, where are you? Hear me. I don't think you're listening to me, God. That is basically him saying, I am frustrated with you. Mm-hmm. So is it okay to be frustrated with Jesus? Yes. Unfortunately, in our churches, there I'm sure there's a lot of churches out there you can't talk about that. Yeah. I get it. And that's what is heartbreaking about it. He doesn't ever say he brings this to the his pastor. He never yeah. brings it to anybody, you know, as far as we, we can tell from the way he's talking about things, he kept this all to himself. And this is that solo scriptura idea, you mm-hmm. and a Bible under a tree, you might include somebody in it, but you know, they're not an authority, right? You can't bring any sort of authority because you know, 
you know, God will don't judge me. And that should scare every one of us. Right. But that's the attitude um, that we have. But this is heartbreaking. This is something, you know, in my community group I've led. And whenever somebody in the group said one night, you know, I'm frustrated with with this and this and I'm frustrated with Jesus. And, you know, I made a point to say, thank you. Thank you for being honest. Thank you for telling us that because now we know where you are. And now we know where to pray. Yeah. Now we know where to pray. Now we know the questions to Mm -hmm. ask you. We know where that gospel can particularly, so we don't have to speak in universals because you're being vague. We have to be vague. Exactly. But now we can go, okay, what are you frustrated with? And what is the gospel answer to that particular situation? We can get to particulars now instead of just vague, um, you know, unspoken prayer request, you know, we can actually deal with it. So, you know, if, if you are in a community group and something like this comes up, please tell somebody, thank you for, for being frustrated with Jesus and saying, so instead of keeping it bottled up, because again, here's where it will lead if you do not bring it to the community because Christ said he will build his church, there is a function as the institutional organization is supposed to work. It's a body Mm -hmm. and we need each other. Everybody has a gift and we're to use those gifts for each other because, and that, that gets into that universal because Christ has said, love one another the way that I've loved you. There's the universal. How does Mm -hmm. it particularly work out in this situation? It could have been there, but did he go there? Yeah, and the other thing I wanted to point out on that uh, is, so as we hear this story, we hear about this devotion. Um, I mean, the the guy's engaging in prayer journaling. Uh, Not many Christians I know actually do that. Um, but But it shows no matter how devoted we are to something, if we've got it backwards, and it, we can be as devoted as we want if we're not actually devoted to God in the way that God says to be devoted to him. If we're not devoted to God in actually recognizing who God truly is and recognizing what his gospel truly is, it's not going to matter. It's going to let us down. He's Everything that he's doing here, um, it, it's no different than many of the other religions we see in the world. Yeah. Uh, I, know, I know of Muslims that are far more devoted and dedicated to serving Allah than uh, many Christians that I know. Yeah. Um, but the end is still the same. Yeah. It's yeah. still failure. It's still heartbreak. It's still yeah. destruction. Yeah. And again, this is the working out of because the gospel is a priori. Mm-hmm. Everything about this is what is before you work. What is before you ask forgiveness? What is before mm-hmm. you repent? Yeah. And so he, he, it's not that I'm going to walk in the promises of God first yeah. and then leap out of that. It has to come like, so his devotions work, his devotion is this and this and this. And like you said, it looks like every other religion in the world. Mm-hmm. And, and one of the things we see here too, and not to chase a huge tangent here, but uh, I mean, this is evidence we're dealing with unregenerate church membership. Mm-hmm. Um, not only that, we're dealing with the biggest problem with un unregenerate church membership and as that is that obviously the elders in his church or the elder or whatever the case whatever structure they're in um don't recognize it um yeah obviously throughout other i don't know that he he hasn't clearly said that he's in a leadership position in his church 
but he's definitely um, moving through at this point, um, beginning to move into leadership positions, maybe not within the church directly, but yeah, but that, or in other leader. ministry. Yeah, he is a leader and crew, though. Exactly. Yeah. And so he's been elevated to positions for which he hasn't met the most basic qualification for. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's a problem that we see uh, in churches today. Um, and, and this is where it can lead. It can lead to somebody believing because they're being, uh, they're being built up in what we hear him talk later. Rhett talks about, about it being a system. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's the whole point. Um, you know, one of the things that he's doing here is he's viewing Christianity as his own self-help. Yeah. Um, it, it's about, well, if I do this right, if I do that right, well, if I do these things, well, if I have this devotion there, well, eventually I'm going to feel successful. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be satisfied. Um, yeah. And knowing that it's, you know, he's working all in vain. Yeah. Time. And I, I do think there's a factor of, I would journal when I felt like I really needed my, my, my relationship with God needed to kick in the pants. Like I really needed to like buckle down. And so, and then if maybe things were going better, I just didn't journal. Maybe that's another explanation. But it, it was a lot of the, uh, a lot of my private experience, I think, was um, was kind of defined by that level of shame and frustration. And I, again, I, I don't tell what you. I don't want to imply that the main teaching from crew or our, our church, the church that we grew up in, was really super legalistic. I don't, I don't think they they were not super legalistic. There was not a constant emphasis on following certain rules. The emphasis was on having like a personal relationship. Then why are you acting like it? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Like it maybe it's not their teaching, but this is the way you took it. Well. But then again, I mean, these are these variables we don't know. But if they didn't teach that, then why don't why didn't you submit yourself to their leadership and their teaching, mm-hmm. and sit back and listen to the gospel, and trust in Jesus Christ a priori again, not a posteriori to your works? Well, it goes back to what you mentioned earlier. It's about uh, how am I viewed. Uh, mm-hmm. I've been guilty of this so many times in my life. Uh, one of the things that I, I've really had to deal with and repent for is is many times um, my decisions about what I would or would not do would be that basis of, well, how are other people going to view me or people going to view me as I'm being a bad Christian or whatever. Um, and, and it wasn't about God. It was yeah. about me and everyone else. Um, and, and so I really think that's a lot of what we hear him expressing in this. Um, is it, it's about an image, yeah. So, God, but there there are there are factors associated with going about that relationship. That the way that I internalized that was that I was failing at it. That I didn't have what like the people who it was really working for had. That I was very hard on myself. Well, I I would say that we're on a spectrum. So I would say that compared to just the general sure. population, we were legalistic without a doubt. Oh yeah, because we did have a bunch of rules that were sort of you know interpretations of of the Bible that. And applied to our specific situation, our right. specific culture that kind of led to things like not kissing your, your girlfriend until you're engaged to be married. But, but I do think that most of this is just the way the different personalities interact with it. Because, yeah. yeah, for me, I was having all those intellectual thoughts and doubts, and that's a lot of stuff that I would be like writing about and thinking about. But when it came to, and of course, I felt like, oh, I'm prideful and I'm lustful and all the, you know, the, 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 the ways that I thought I was sinful. Mm-hmm. But I, I think I kind of gave myself more of a break than you did just because that's my personality. I don't think I was hard on myself that I, would, that I sinned. I was hard on myself that I didn't have a quality of relationship with God where I was motivated to connect with Him, to pray, to do like the spiritual disciplines, of, like study the Bible and pray. And, the things that I felt like were a truth. So if you want to know why, you know, it, it, it's one of those things. I really wish that I knew that, that he was listening. So I can be like, so you really want to know why people always rush to the, I don't think you were a Christian thing. You didn't want Christ. Mm-hmm. 
if you don't want Christ by definition, you are not a Christian. And so, you know, and I, I know I say that very forcefully, but it's just something that we need to be honest with and um, go for the fact of if you don't want Christ, stop saying you're a Christian. You know, you you want his organization, his church. You want you want to be included in something. Well, guess what? There's go be a Mason because, you know, that'll make you feel good. Right. And they're not going to give you really anything of substance. Um, not even historically, nothing, but you know, you can go be a do gooder club, um, in America and live the American dream if you want. Um, but this right here, you don't want Christ. Yeah. So don't get mad whenever somebody says, I don't think you are a Christian. If it, if what you are saying never includes, I want Christ so bad. And, you know, and, and what he's doing here is actually again i'm going to go back to that word idol um he doesn't flat out say it uh i'm going to to think there's a possibility that he has seen what he views in other people's lives yeah of them having a devotion to god yeah of them doing those things he labels off some things there of of uh, being devoted to the reading of the word and to prayer time and all these things and so he's seen this because he says he hasn't done it, so obviously he's seen it uh, to believe that it's something that sh- he should want to do. Um, and, and so there's a great possibility here in this portion, what he's talking about, that he's trying to model his walk after somebody else. But again, why isn't he desiring it? Because he doesn't have Christ. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're not going to desire spiritual things if you don't have the Spirit. Yeah. Um, and so, so we just see this, uh, it, it breaks my heart. It's sad. Um, because there's so many people in America today that are exactly where he is, um, that think they are doing things that are Christian. Maybe they're, they're seeing even some fruits that appear to be, uh, good things and, 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 and many times are actual good things. Um, but they're getting a false, idea they're getting this idea that well these good things are happening so i must be a good christian and i must be doing good things and i must be serving god the way god wants me to um that's a dangerous place to be he's still we still don't hear him going really to god's word yeah we we still don't hear him talking about uh god's word as a matter of fact the only thing we heard there was he doesn't go to god's word yeah and he has a hard time praying, so he journals, but he doesn't journal that great. He doesn't have a relationship. So his and he Christianity, doesn't desire that relationship. Yeah, so his Christianity is basically what him and his core group of people are doing together. Yeah. And that's defining his Christianity. Yeah. It, there is no personal relationship. There is no uh, you know, actual devotion to God. It's devotion to an idea. It's devotion to a group of people. Um. But then he feels bad about it. Well, you should. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you yeah. should feel bad about that. Test of intimacy with God, like our, the human's role in that, I felt like I just, I was, I was trying to pull myself up by my bootstraps. I was, I was trying to conjure something that I didn't, that's, that came naturally to people who had like a true connection to God. I also think you were perceiving that that was happening with people. And, and I think that everybody has their own struggle. Sure. I, I don't think it was like, but it's interesting that, and I think we had to have talked about it, but it, I kept going back to it so much in my journal that like, it's just something that I couldn't shake because of, and I'm starting to understand myself now in a way that I never have. And so I can see things that I've learned about myself now in terms of like an unhealthy view of being a perfectionist 
um, being a one on the Enneagram, um, if you're, if you're into that. Um, I, I do think it was me disappo being disappointed in myself more than people telling me that God was disappointed in me. Mm -hmm. um, and then, in, you know, when I graduated, Christy and I got married, th there was another level of pressure because then the teaching was I was to assume the role of the spiritual leader. That's what it was called. It's like, you know, initiate prayer with your, your family and like make decisions and make sure you're doing as a family what God has for you. And you know, th that, that was, that was difficult for me. Um, and yeah, <laughs> exactly. We are in our flesh. It's going to be difficult. And this is that, that sanctification this is dramatic. This is a relationship. And whenever you, whenever your friend is perfection, but he's befriended you and he's working on you, there's going to be drama and it's going to be you, which is the dramatic one. And you don't want drama. Totally understand. But guess what? That's, that's being a Christian. Yeah. It gets dirty sometimes. Yeah. It, it gets down in the trenches. It gets real. Um, one of the things that you continue to notice here, um, and Rhett's going to jump in here, here in a second and, and talk about, uh, uh, some theological terms, uh, that you've heard much of in the last, uh, few months, uh, yeah. within the SBC, but, uh, so, so they're not ignorant to theological issues. Yeah. Um, that's clear. Um, I'm going to say at some level, again, I don't know what churches they were in. I don't know their doctrine or anything, but, but I'm going to say at some level, they are getting exposed to some good things. Yeah. Um, uh, this, what he says, I, you know, I'm going to get married I, now. Now I've got to be the spiritual leader of my home. Well, yes, that's, that's one of the things you're called to do. Yeah. Um, but along with that, again, we're hearing these boxes that we're checking off to be doing the right things. Yeah. Um, they said, well, it's not legalism. Well, it's kind of legalism. Well, it might be legalism. Well, it's, it's legalism whenever you use that to get your feels up. Exactly. Which is exactly what he's doing. Exactly. And so it's, it, you know, they talk about the gospel a little bit back in the beginning. Uh, we, we got that they kind of understood the principle that Christ is, is, is the only way that you're going to get to heaven. But if the gospel if the only thing you're interested in the gospel for is about you getting to heaven, you've already missed the point. Yeah. It, that's, and that's where he's at. Uh, it's about him getting to heaven, and it's about him feeling good. Um, mm -hmm. There's no recognition of true service to God. Um, there, it's just not here. We're yeah. not hearing it. Yeah. Then, after a couple of years, we joined staff. And just to clarify, that was very much the, this definitely isn't necessarily the sort of the standpoint of a lot of even Christian churches at this point, but yeah. very much the sort of the branch that we were in. Um, you know, you've got egalitarianism and you've got complementarianism. And so we were, we were complementarian, meaning that there, women and men have specific roles, right? And so in the household, the man is supposed to be the spiritual leader. He's the one that kind of everything falls onto to make sure that his family is, is following God. That was, you know, our interpretation of some New Testament passages. When we joined staff of crew, um, now my spiritual identity was also my professional identity. And, you know, I, I was fully committed to God, but also now financially completely dependent on. That's really, that's your problem. It shouldn't have been your identity. Your your identity is here, and what you do is a part of you. Yes, it's a part of like if it's your calling, it's your calling. If uh, you know, whenever you, let's think about the spiritual fruits. You know, if I were a hospitable person, my identity is not that I am hospitable. My identity is I am an image bearer of God, saved by grace. I am in Christ, and therefore, apparently, I'm hospitable. Yeah, yeah right. Exactly. And so that's the thing is like again be it keeps on exposing the fact that you wanted to do the thing mm -hmm. but that's it like you were worshiping the the creation here yeah. not the creator 
And so you like the fact that it's easy success to get into Christian ministry because of the grace and hospitality of a Christian. The, the fact that, you know, we are happy people that want to be optimistic and give the benefit of the doubt to a fault. And it gave you success. You liked that success. And it's going to be much easier to have success in this situation compared to the dog eat dog world where morality doesn't really matter. Even though they say it will, there's a lot more um, thinking about morality and Christian business than there would be in other areas. And so it, that's why Christian music got so popular. And that's why there's so many Christian music bands, mm-hmm. because it's an easy business to get into, put on a face, act a certain way because of this kind of stuff. Yeah. And so it's easy success. That's why you liked it. Well, yeah, being yeah. good is popular. Yeah, uh, you know, be, being the good guy, everybody wants to be the good guy, and so if you're out in the community and you're doing things and you're being seen, and 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 then you get these little bits and pieces of, oh yeah, I did this, I did that. Uh, that that's that's where it constantly leads. We again, we see this in churches all the time. Yeah, um, where the core is not Christ. Yeah, it, it's all about uh, works. It's all about a self help lifestyle. It's all about uh, everything except for Christ, seeking the, the, the fruits and righteousness of Christ. Yeah. So, um, the, you know, the question is, on this issue, whenever he's like, I feel like this is my identity, did he take it to his elders, fellow church, not crew, but fellow church members, yeah. you know, the people that knew him? Um, and, and well, are, at this point, you know, probably the people at crew know him better. Um, yeah. but none of them are, are elders. None of them are called to be overseas. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's at this point, I'm going to say he's, he's probably not really, uh, even, you know, we, we noticed there at the beginning, he's talked about, uh, learning what he was being taught from his church and learning from his parents. And, you know, there's somewhat probably a submission to leadership there at this point. I, I think he's moving away from that. I yeah. think he's moving to that solo perspective yeah. uh, where he's just kind of doing. And I mean, in this professional life, he would definitely be the one in charge. Yeah. So, yeah, he's like, he's there is no like elder board over him at crew. He mm-hmm. is the elder. Yeah. You know, kind of a thing. All these people who believed in what I believed in, and they believed in the work that we were doing when we raised financial support. So I put even more pressure on myself because I had these people investing in our work. And I had, and I was doing, I was, I was a professional Christian at this point. I, shouldn't I be good at it? Should I start have a little bit of a Scottish accent? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I had this nagging sense of being hollow that, you know, I, I just, it was always there. I couldn't quite shake it. And around this time, that's when Rhett started talking about the age of the earth and the validity of evolution. We started talking about those things. When you started talking about them with me, I was, you know, I didn't have, I, I don't have doubts. I don't sit around as I'm falling asleep or in my spare time, just like. And I think right here is a really good stopping point to get to part three, since we are almost an hour in on this podcast, but this is definitely a big shift in the conversation. So we got that, um, we, we've got that spiritual story. Now we're going to, we're at the climax where it starts going downhill. Yeah. Um, even though it went downhill way here, it didn't even, he didn't yeah. even get started. Yeah. It never and went up really, the hill because yeah. he didn't, he, he yeah. never went up Calvary. I can tell you that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, and this is this is kind of where it begins to me begins to get exciting because now the lies and the truth start yeah. really dividing as he tells the story. Um, mm. In this first half, it's been a little bit of mixture. It's been a you know you've had to have a keener eye and keener ear to hear 
the falsities or, or the issues at hand. Now they begin to unfold as he tells the story. I don't think he realizes that, but but it really begins to unfold from here on. So yeah. it's going to be exciting uh, hearing yeah. you go into the next portion. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's going to come down to, you know, just this thinking about the, the teaching on the soils. It's going to come down to understanding what perseverance of the saints is. And so for you people out there um, that want to get in a doctrine that understand perseverance, don't go to eternal security. <laughs> don't go to once saved, always saved that. Those are two, they, they, they have some partial stuff in there, but it's not going to get you anywhere. But if you study the reformed doctrine of perseverance of the saints, go mm-hmm. to Synod of Dort, read, um, you know, read Calvin on the, those issues, you know, and, and, but always go to scripture too and, and check Calvin. So, you know, I'm not a Calvinist that is just going to tout this stuff, but you know, there we live on, um, the backs of giants throughout history. You know, if this mm-hmm. is a true teaching, it is going to fly through time until yeah. Christ comes back. And like, well, actually it'll, it always will. The earth will pass away, but God's word will never pass away. Right. right. So if it's an eternal truth, it's an eternal truth and it's been recognized. Yeah. And why go to Calvin's? Cause he's a very eloquent dude uh, wrote. Awesome. You can read the institutes. It is still relevant today with what mm-hmm. he was, what he was dealing with back then is still here. Yes. And you can't do that with many documents from the 1500s. Well, again, you know, you get into the once saved, always saved. I I just have to say this. If that's your point to the gospel is you getting to heaven, you've missed the point. Yeah. Um, You know, the point to the gospel is we have had a change of heart. God's removed our our heart of stone and given us a heart of flesh and given us new eyes that we can see truth and we can see who God is and see that he is worthy of worship. He is worthy of service. We don't serve God because we're going to heaven. Yeah. We serve God because he is worthy of service. We serve God because he deserves to be served. Uh, If we were serving God simply because we got a free ticket into heaven, uh, we've just really misunderstood who God is and yeah. who, who and who we're called to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we need to wrap our heads around that better if that is our position. Yeah. Yeah. So seriously, I mean, this is this is the big thing. Is you know, I'm not going to say that his church isn't at fault. No, you know, there there is so many faults here. But guess what? This is a world full of sin. Yeah. And you know, even Paul was uh, ecstatic about somebody that you know wasn't teaching it correctly. Yet he knew that, remember, the gospel is just because somebody gets it wrong, something gets into the person and and takes off. Why? Because God. Mm-hmm. So, you know, even if he's in a bad situation at a church, he should have got the kernel of the gospel that should have sent him over here. But instead, he's over here. Why? Because he's not regenerate. And so he didn't persevere. So he was in this. He was calling himself Christian. He's in a community. But now we see him, he's gone, right? What does that say? He didn't persevere. Now, the other, the, the optimistic thing is, Lord willing, tomorrow comes. He's still alive. He's still breathing. That's another day that the earth and the stars and the universe are pouring out speech that says, I am here. I am God. You are a creature. You I made you, you are, you know, and, and, and then there's the evangelists come along me, other people that are dealing with this are proclaiming the gospel mm-hmm. and God can do whatever he wants to do. And he will do whatever he wants to do in this situation. 
and we have the opportunity to pray for him and people like him yeah. and be around people like him and, and be an example and be the church, be the, be the people that are being conformed to the image of Christ around people like him. And, but the thing is, is we can't save anybody. And I think this is a wonderful thing from a, a past uh, sermon that uh, my pastor preached on is that we don't save anybody. We're not there for, but we're there for obedience. Yeah. So let's just be obedient and do that. God will take care of the finalities in this situation. But it, again, we just have to deal with the reality is he didn't persevere. Mm-hmm. And so it does come back down to what he doesn't want to hear. Yeah. And let me say this. I mean, and, and, and Really, um, I, I hope nobody takes anything we've said as yeah. harsh. Um, man, my heart breaks yeah. for, for for these guys, for both of them, um, uh, for for the the entire condition of the situation. And again, like you said, there there we don't know exactly what, but we know there could be some fault with the church here and in in how it was dealt with. But but let me say this to anybody that's listening and that's had questions about their faith. Man, go to your pastors, go to yes. your elders, go to your teachers, go to your mentors, those that disciple you in Christ. Um, go to them. Uh, if our hearts break for somebody we've never met, how much more do our hearts break for those who are right there within our own, within our own, our own church, within our yeah. own, our own reach? And, and go to them, discuss these things, let them pray for you, let them pray with you, let them help you. Uh, Open up God's word and understand yeah. God's word. Um, don't chase off in directions um, without getting truth. Yeah. Um, and, and we're going to find out that's yeah. kind of what happens and, with yeah, these and guests. If you're in this situation before you go anywhere, read Ephesians, read Colossians, read First and Second Corinthians. Those are deals that yeah. you will find what Paul, who, by the way, was picked out by Jesus, taught by Jesus. Yeah. And... Uh, who is filled with the Holy Spirit, who was inspired to write down God's words to these certain churches that we can apply to today. There is a inner workings of how the church works. If your church isn't doing that, if you're going, I'm having issues and they're not rebuking you, exhorting you. Um, if you're not singing songs to one another, if your church cannot fit into the description of what Paul commands the church to do, then call it out and say, I need help. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the cool thing about denominations and stuff. If you're in a Southern Baptist, uh, you know, you can go to like Mike Haynes will answer your call and have you over to his office. And you can be like, you can pour out your heart going like, hey, my church isn't acting like this. And if they're in the association, you know, he would definitely be able to go and be like, you know, your person, this person over here said this and uh, you're not dealing with it is what he says. And he would be a mediator between you and your pastor yeah. if they're not. Remember, leadership is under fire here, too. If yeah. it's not truthful, it's it needs to be dealt with. And so there's other means, but it should always be to reconcile, not yes. to pack your bags and leave or yes. get kicked out. It should exactly. always be reconcilial. And so that also is another evidence if you are a Christian or not, is do you mm-hmm. seek to reconcile or are you just going to pack your bags and go? Yeah. Yeah. Humble hearts. Yeah. And cause humble hearts and all that kind of stuff. So uh, that's what we need. Yeah. It, it, you know, and it's tough for us. It's tough for me yeah. uh, when I recognize that, it, that I'm, I'm struggling with something. It's tough for me, but I, go, I do. I, I, I go to Dave. He's my pastor. Um, uh, and he's a brother in Christ, and I've got other brothers in Christ that I can go to. Um, 
and, and I can say, hey, I'm struggling here. Uh, you know, but we've got to humble our hearts to do that. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've got to recognize that, that we haven't arrived. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're not the pinnacle of Christianity ourselves. Um, yeah. And, and that's tough sometimes. It's tough sometimes in a world that tells you that everything about your life should make you feel good, should make you feel respected, should make you feel lifted up, and all these things. Um, those are all just, they're sand. Yeah. And, and, and they're, any of that's going to crumble out from underneath you. Um, we've, we've got to establish our identity in Christ. We've got to establish our, our value in, in Christ. And that is where our focus needs to be. And as we begin to get distracted from that and move away from that, uh, we can see a path that's going to go on with these guys, which again goes back to will we persevere, will we not? That's going to determine who the saints are. Yeah, yeah. So, all right. Well, thank you guys uh, for being a part of this uh, live cast and podcast. But we will continue um, with a part three on Link. It looks like we got a lot of time. We want to deal with this again because this is getting into your conversations with people. You're going to hear these same uh, arguments, the same storylines um, from a lot of people. And so it's really good to hear um, because they couldn't be honest or wouldn't be honest in other situations. It does lead to this. And this is, again, should feel you fill you with sorrow mm-hmm. and you shouldn't be angry. I mean, you should be angry. The fact that this is what sin does and yeah. it's everywhere and you shouldn't, you should feel a burden for sin. Yeah. And because we are Christians, because we've been forgiven, you should feel that burden, not in shame, but a burden of going like, how can this be reconciled and what can we do about it? So um, with that said, we will continue on with this uh, next week or whenever uh, Dave has uh, has the time this month because he's a busy man. Be praying yeah. for him. Um, but we will get together and we'll continue on in this story. And I'm sure some other awesome things will come up to talk about. But then, Travis, thank you for uh, being on the Tag Your It podcast oh, and uh, filling in for Dave. And again, he's a Missouri Baptist apologist. So please utilize his expertise. He's there at your service for your church or um, small group, whatever. Um, if you need anything, he's a biblicist. So <laughs> util- utilize him. So, yeah. All right. Thanks for having me, brother. No problem, man. Well, with that said, this is the Tag Your It Podcast. I'm Ray Ray. And I'm Travis. And Soli. Deo. Gloria. Gloria.